everyone, and welcome to the Renew Your Mind podcast for faith-driven entrepreneurs. I am your host, Kieran Lenahan. If you are new here, welcome. I'm a business coach. I'm here to help you grow your business, bring in more clients and more revenue, and also improve your internal emotional experience of entrepreneurship, how you actually feel on a day-to-day. So that's what I do. I help entrepreneurs in three different ways. One is here on the podcast. The second is via one-on-one coaching. And the third is in what's called the Oasis, which is group coaching and community for faith-driven entrepreneurs. Super pumped about that. I talked about it in detail back in episode 66. So if you haven't listened to that, I suggest going back and listening to it. We're kicking off our weekly coaching sessions this week, and the Oasis will be open on an ongoing basis, which means you can join at any time. There's no application window. So as soon as you're interested, you can book a call and be on a weekly coaching call with me and your peers getting coached directly on your business within potentially a few days up to a week of applying. So super pumped about that. Really excited to have built, honestly, just something that I really wish that I had when I was first getting started in my entrepreneurial journey. Now, if you are brand new here, I just want to say welcome again You're free to listen to this episode. Sometimes I say, hey, go back and listen to a couple of others before this one, but you're good here. What I would recommend is that after listening to this episode, actually heading back to the beginning of the podcast. Start from the beginning, especially if you're newer in business, and listen all the way through until now, or if you're more established and experienced in your business, I would say listen to episodes one through four, five, and six, and then from there, you can hop to the episodes that seem relevant for you. Today, we're going to get right into it, and I'm going to answer a few more questions that the people in my email community have submitted to be answered on the podcast. And this is something I want to be doing a bit more of this year, where I'm just answering specific questions directly from you all, from the folks who are listening, people in my email community. And so if you have questions that you want me to answer, they can be incredibly specific or incredibly broad about anything at the intersection of following Jesus and building a business and entrepreneurship. If you have a question you want me to answer on the podcast, there's a link in the show notes to join the email community, or you can just head to lenahancoaching.com slash subscribe, and you can send me a question directly. Now, I'm going to answer four questions from you all today that honestly are really fun questions. They're really good questions. And as I was preparing for this, as I was just thinking through this episode, It brought up a lot of memories and honestly, a lot of perspective and gratitude for where I am and gratitude for the difficult things that, you know, passed me years ago, went through and persevered through to get to where I am now. And so I hope that this episode is incredibly insightful and and practical and something that speaks to you right where you are, no matter where you are in your business right now. So here are the four questions that I'll answer today. The first What are the biggest mistakes that you've made so far in your entrepreneurial journey? The second, what's one of the best or most successful decisions that you've made in the business? Or somebody else put it in a fun way. What's a decision that you're most proud of having made in the business? The third question, was there ever a time that you wanted to quit? And if so, what kept you going? And then lastly, what advice would you give to a brand new business owner? So four great questions. Let's dive right into the first one, which is again, what have been the biggest mistakes that you've made so far in your entrepreneurial journey? First of all, I love the inclusion of so far, as in there's just an assumption that there's going to be more mistakes made, 
which is entirely true. I think that's a very realistic uh, way to ask this question. And honestly, this is a question that I've been asked a lot, some from friends, some from just other entrepreneurs, some from clients. And I just know, I know exactly what these are. I have two really clear answers to this. And it's interesting, the more that I've reflected on it, the more I've realized that both answers, both mistakes stem from the exact same root, which is a combination of pride and money scarcity. So the root cause, the the true foundation of these two mistakes that I'll share were the same. It was my lack of understanding of how entrepreneurship works, and it was my immature relationship with money. That Those were both at the root of both of the mistakes that, of course, in hindsight seem silly to me and like they don't make any sense. But when I consider where I was at the time in terms of my maturity, in terms of my mindset, it's completely understandable why I made these mistakes. That said, it doesn't mean that I couldn't have made a better decision back then. Because I think if I couldn't have made a better decision, I wouldn't consider it a mistake. But I do know that these were two decisions that I had access to at the time. I could have made these decisions. So what were these two biggest mistakes that I made? The first was that I waited too long to hire a coach after starting my business. And I waited too long to surround myself with people who think like entrepreneurs. And I'll talk about what I mean by that in a little bit more detail when I answer one of the other questions But here, I want to focus on the coach part, because long story short, the conscious thought that I was operating on that led me to not hire a coach, even though I myself was a coach and that was my business, I remember saying this to myself and to a few other people, the the, the conscious thought was, I want to see if I can do this on my own. And then subconsciously, there were two beliefs underneath that, which said, number one, if I can do it all on my own, that will be more impressive and prove that I'm a legitimate entrepreneur. And then the second thought, much more related to money scarcity, was something like, I don't want to invest money in hiring a coach because if I fail, as in if the business fails, I would be wasting money, and I don't want to do that. And there's no question about it. I'm very clear. Those are the specific reasons why I didn't hire a coach sooner. It was a bad mindset. It's a little bit meta how I didn't invest in improving my mindset because my mindset was so bad that it prevented me from seeing how important it would have been. The very thing that was holding me back was also holding me back from solving the problem. And so whenever I come across somebody who is in that same place where I was, I have a lot of empathy because it's almost like you, you from your vantage point, it's very difficult to even see that the very thing that you're afraid of doing is the thing that will liberate you from the thing that you're afraid of doing. And so for me and for where I was at the time, and I was getting in my way a lot, that was the thing. It wasn't a capability thing. It wasn't an intelligence thing. I was getting in my own way. The biggest regret, the biggest mistake that I made was not hiring a coach sooner. I waited six months longer than I needed to. And I can tell you now, being on the other side of that, It was not worth the money that I thought at the time I was quote unquote saving by not investing in coaching, right? Which isn't even real. You're not actually saving money. I was actually just losing time because in many ways, when you're investing in business coaching, you're investing in increasing your capacity to earn money. And so purely just from a financial perspective, it doesn't even make sense for me who is a person who is trying to make more money to not invest in growing my ability and my skill set to make more money. 
And of course, all of this in hindsight is crystal clear. But at the time, my vision was was foggy. It was muddied because I was afraid of investing in something that I didn't know was going to succeed. And I had this pride that said, I want to figure out how to do it on my own. And I've thought about, okay, if I were to go back, if current me were able to go back in time and speak to myself at that point in his entrepreneurial journey, what would I say? It would be very simple. If you took the fear and the doubt and you took the pride off the table, what would you decide to do that you think would actually be best for the business? And of course, the answer would have been, okay, to do the thing that felt scary and to do the thing that felt in contradiction with that pride. And then I would tell him, it's not worth it. It's not worth whatever money you think you'd be saving. It's not worth whatever ego is at stake trying to do it on your own. At the end of the day, I would rather be successful in business, getting all of the help in the world, than be unsuccessful in business all on my own. And I'm not saying that those are the only two choices because they're not. But the world is full of patterns. If you look at all of the people who are successful doing what you want to do, they have all invested time and money and effort in coaches and mentors and masterminds and putting themselves in a position where they are stretched and grown and expanded. So that was the first mistake. I waited six months to do something that I could have done on day one. And the worst part is I had the money. It was sitting right there in a savings account ready to be used. But that's what fear and pride can do when they're in the driver's seat. The second mistake that I've made has been something that I've been able to see with more clarity within the past six to to 12 months or so. And that second mistake was that I didn't learn how to run digital ads. And again, this is because of pride and because of money scarcity. And so I've reflected on, you know, what prevented me from getting into the world of ads, what prevented me from even going there. And I realized I had inherited a bunch of disdain for people who run ads subconsciously. Maybe I was just annoyed with the ads that I was seeing and they didn't resonate with me and I didn't think that the people in them seemed genuine. And so I assumed that all ads were like that. But I just decided pretty early on, I'm going to do this completely organically without paying a single dollar in ads, right? And so there was pride. I'm going to do it organically as if that was the superior way of building a business. And then, of course, I also didn't want to spend money on something that wasn't guaranteed to work. Money scarcity. And again, in hindsight, it seems so silly, but when I look more closely at where I was, where my mindset was as an entrepreneur, it makes a lot of sense. That said, it all worked out. Turns out organic is completely fine too. I figured that out and it's great, but so are ads. And I would have figured ads out sooner. And in general, for the kind of entrepreneur that I am, the skill sets that I have, the inclinations that I have, and some of my background in corporate lends itself well to the skill set of running ads, those are things I would have figured out sooner. And not only would that have just been a valuable tool to have in my tool belt over the past couple of years, I also really enjoy it. And so I kept myself for years and years, I kept myself from doing something that turns out I actually really enjoy doing, all because of pride and money scarcity, and honestly just a decision that I never actually went back and reevaluated. I just continued to operate as though that door was completely shut. And so just to wrap up this question, I actually want to frame the question in a slightly different way to get to some more practical things for you all. And so sometimes this question is phrased as, if you could go back and do it again, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently, right? What would you change? And so just to make it very clear, I would have made it a priority to hire a coach 
who could actually teach me mindset. Because this didn't just unlock my own ability to coach other people, but it was one of those paradigm shifts that literally affected every area of my life. And I talk about that in episode one in the introduction to this podcast, that your mindset goes with you everywhere you go. It affects everything. It touches everything. It flows into every area of your life. And so this is the first and the biggest domino, hands down, that led to my growth as a human, as an entrepreneur, and as a follower of Jesus. Most of you have probably heard of the the book by Pete Scazzaro called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. The subtitle of that book is brilliant. It says, you can't be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally unhealthy. Mindset and emotions are so interwoven and so interconnected, and they are so fundamental to what it means to be a human being that I would go as far as to say that understanding how your thoughts influence your life is necessary in order to be emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, and entrepreneurially healthy. And I'm not just saying that, right? You're listening to a podcast called Renew Your Mind, dedicated to helping entrepreneurs renew their minds and become more spiritually, emotionally healthy people. And so this isn't just talk. I actually believe this to the point where it's the basis and the foundation of an entire business that I run. So what would I do differently? Number one, I would hire a coach right away that could teach me mindset, which is why in one-on-one coaching and in the Oasis, that is one of the things that I teach all of my clients. And then number two, I would have learned ads sooner. I wouldn't have done it right away, but after I learned how mindset works and started to unravel all the ways that my mindset was hindering me from just speaking up, showing up as myself in my marketing, or just overall confidence, once my mindset was strong enough to handle something not working right away, then I would learn the skill set of ads. Now, the second question that I want to get to is on the flip side of that which is what's one of the best or most successful decisions that you've made? Or in other words, what's the decision that you're most proud of having made in the business? And I'll be more brief on this one. The decision that I think I'm most proud of having made, and I talk about this a bit back in episodes 33 and 34, was actually a decision that I made on day one in business, which is that I only work 30 hours a week. I figured if Tim Ferriss could do it in four hours, surely I could figure out how to do it in 30. So that was the decision that I made on day one of the business. To set the stage a little bit, December 6th was the day that Dana and I first became parents. We brought Christopher home from the hospital as our foster son. December 21st was my last day at my full-time job. And then January 1st was my first day full-time in the business. And people ask me, hey, did you have clientele built up before you left and started your business full-time? The answer is no. I had one client and they were paying me $50 a session, and that was it. So I just left the job where I was working 50 hours a week. I was out of the house because I had a 45-minute commute each way. I was out of the house from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I had just become a dad, and I knew at that time there was no way I was going to live that life where I was just working and gone out of the house from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I would never see my kids. And so here I am, January 1st, new year, fresh start, I have so little of an idea of what I'm doing. Day one in the business, I just became a dad. I have one paying client and I made a bold decision to say, I'm only going to work 30 hours a week. And I love it because I chose a specific constraint to force myself to operate within. And it led me and it led my brain to having to figure out how to solve that problem. 
how can I build a business that provides for my family and only 30 hours of work a week? And the most incredible thing is it worked. It happened. And that is such a tangible example of how your brain will answer the questions that you ask it. And so if you want it to come up with different answers, you want to start asking different questions. This is also one of my favorite tangible examples to myself and to others that entrepreneurship is a completely different paradigm. I talk about this in a number of different episodes. One, I think in episode 13, I talk about the difference between employee and entrepreneur mindsets, but I talk about it all the time. In entrepreneurship, you have the freedom to challenge so many of the assumptions that we operated in when we were employees, from your salary and how much income you make, to where you go to work every day, to what your schedule actually consists of, to how many hours you work or when you work. And so as you listen to this, just take a step back and think about the assumptions that you might subconsciously have copy and pasted over from your time as an employee elsewhere and ask yourself, what would it look like to challenge those assumptions? Or even better, what would it look like to completely change the constraints within which you operate? So when I think about what are the best decisions that I've made so far in the business, this one immediately comes up because not only did it give me this example, this very specific and tangible thing to point to and say, this is how you know entrepreneurship is a totally different game played by a totally different set of rules. And it just opens up your mind to a whole new way of playing, to a whole new way of being and thinking. Not only that, but it also very practically it gave me more time with my family. And I'm a firm believer that my family is my number one, my primary ministry. And so for me to have put that stake in the ground and said, I'm going to build around this rock, around this pillar, my family. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's something I'm really proud of. And I would encourage you all to consider what a decision like that would look like for you based on your situation and your context. So that's question number two. Question number three is one that I love to answer. Was there ever a time that you wanted to quit? And if so, what kept you going? This question is always really interesting to answer because I think a lot of times we tend to assume that people who are further along in some area of their life than we are, we tend to think that they just experience the human condition a little bit differently. Maybe we think that they don't experience desire to quit. They don't wake up in the morning and want to snooze the alarm It's just not true. And so the short answer to this question is absolutely yes. On the landing page for the Oasis, I actually mentioned this, and it's so real, and I can picture vividly my first home office. That first home office, I'm telling you, saw some of the most desperate, on my knees, crying out to God, actually crying, prayers that I have ever prayed in my life. There were plenty of times that I wanted to quit. There was a time where I got so many no's And so many closed doors, one after the other, after the other, it started to feel like it was never going to work. And there were times when I just wondered and I asked myself, should I just go back and get a job? I literally asked myself that. But what kept me going was two main things, right? The second part of that question. Number one, I was fortunate enough that I had a really good level of confidence that this is what God was asking me to do. I felt a very specific call to entrepreneurship and I recognize that not everybody has that or can see that at the time when things get difficult. But I did have that to stand on, and I felt like the obedient thing to do was to continue and keep going. And the second thing that kept me going, 
and this might sound a little bit too simple to be true, but I promise you that it's not. I decided, I resolved, I had conviction that despite all of the self-doubt that was there, deep down I had this inner knowing that I could do it and that I was capable of it. And so I took away the option to quit and I burned the metaphorical ships. I knew there were going to be difficult times. And I promised myself that when those times came, I would keep going. And if I promised myself that and I followed through on that promise, eventually I would get to a place where I'd quote unquote made it and I was able to provide for the family through the business. And so there was part of me that had conviction to do the obedient thing. And then there was this other part of me that was just, I had decided. The word decide has the root word C-I-D-E, side in it, which is the same root word that you see in homicide and genocide and pesticide. It means to cut off, to kill off violently. And so I killed off all of the other options, which just helped me narrow my focus and pour my energy into how can I figure this out instead of should I keep going, which is the same way that I decided I was going to run the business in 30 hours a week. I put on the blinders, I cut off all of the other options, and I said, this is the thing. This is what I'm going to do. Let's figure out how to make it happen. All right, so that's question number three. Let's move on to question number four and wrap this episode up. What advice would you give to a new business owner? The short answer is that I answer this question in episodes 40, 41, and 42, and in a post that I actually shared on Instagram pretty recently where I outlined exactly what I would do if you sent me back to day one in my business. And I'll link to that in the show notes. But I'll do a brief recap here and then add a few other thoughts and then we'll close out the episode. So number one, I talked about this earlier in the episode. I would get a handle on how my mindset affects my day-to-day feelings and actions. And beyond that, I would learn the process of how to change my mindset. That's the key. Because if you have the ability to change your mindset and the way that you think, it's like me teaching you how to fish versus just giving you a fish. The second thing that I would do is learn how to sell, which from my perspective is made up of two things. Number one, a skill set that anybody can learn. And number two, a mindset that anybody can learn on how to sell from a place of gospel love. Because whether it's selling an investor on investing in your business or a service to your audience or selling your employees on your vision as a leader, the better you are at selling, the better off you're going to be. If you don't know how to sell or if you aren't good at it, it's going to be very difficult to grow a business unless you bring somebody in who has that very skill set. And if you hate the thought of selling or the word itself, go back and listen to episode three. The third thing that I would do is I would get into community. That's the broad way of saying Everybody is looking for shortcuts, the fastest path to success, and they're looking for it in the form of new information or a formula or a business strategy. But the best shortcut that I know is not about the right information. It's about getting around the right people. Get around people who are asking different questions because they're thinking beyond your perspective of reality and what you think is possible. Spend time every week with people who are further along than you are in business who think differently than you, because probably your whole life has been spent surrounded by people who are and were employees. It's the water that you swim in. It's the air that you breathe. And when that's the case, you don't even know what you don't know. You can't read the label from inside of the jar. If you get the right coaches and mentors and people and community around you on a regular basis, 
you will trim and compress your timeline and reach your business goals significantly faster. It would have taken me three to four years to do on my own what it took me one year working with a really good coach and getting into a community of successful entrepreneurs. And this is, again, this is one of the reasons why I created the Oasis the way that I did, to give you both of those things. A coach who can literally just say, wait, don't do that. This is far more important. And with that one sentence, save you months of time and headache, and then give you a community of other faith-driven entrepreneurs to rub shoulders with every single week and learn from. Part of the shortcut of people is that you learn to think differently because you're exposed to people who are successful who think differently than you. And then the other part of the shortcut is that people who are further along than you have firsthand experience and can save you time just by helping you avoid simple mistakes that they've made on their journey. Now, those are three things you'll hear me talk about in episodes 40, 41, and 42, and in that recent Instagram post that I did. But two final things that I would say to a new business owner, and then we'll wrap up. The first is decide and move on. Again, similar concept. I've talked about this back in episode 50 with how Jeff Bezos approached decision-making at Amazon. Very few decisions are irreversible. Many times you are better off just deciding and moving forward. And so if you've been thinking about and procrastinating on a decision that is not life or death, decide and move on. The next and final thing that I would say is to balance learning with doing. Balance learning and absorbing information, which is necessary. You need to increase your skill set and the value that you can provide to your audience, to your people, to everybody around you. Balance that with implementing and executing. There's so much information out there that it's way too easy to just know a lot of useful information without actually using it. Information is cheap, but experiential knowledge, wisdom is what you want. So consider this question. What percentage of the things that you intellectually know are things that you're implementing in reality when it comes to your business? And you could also apply this to business in any area of life. But wisdom is knowledge put into practice. It's knowledge applied How you live is what you believe. Everything else is just talk. I love that quote from Vance Havner. How you live is what you believe. Everything else is just talk. It's like if I said, hey, let's do a trust fall. Do you trust me to catch you? And you say yes. Do I know whether or not you trust me to catch you yet? No, I don't know that. In order to know that, I would have to say, okay, show me that you trust me and fall as I hold my arms out. That conceptual trust needs to become embodied in order for it to be actually realized and useful and valuable and worth anything in the world. In the same way, your knowledge needs to move from data and information, words on a screen, thoughts that you can regurgitate to embodied wisdom. So don't just learn. You definitely should learn, but don't just learn, do. So there you have it. Those are the four questions that I wanted to answer today. Thanks to everybody who's been submitting their questions to me. Keep those coming. I plan to continue to sprinkle in these Q&A episodes every now and then. And so for those of you in the email community, as soon as you have a question, just send it to me. You can reply to the weekly emails that I send out. And if you want some of what I talked about today in the form of community and in the form of having somebody further along that can save you time in your business, come and join the Oasis. You can do that by booking a call at lenahancoaching.com slash discovery. Would love to talk to you. Would love to have you. 
That is all for this week. Can't believe we're at 70 episodes and counting. I will talk to you next time on the Renew Your Mind podcast. Mm-hmm.